Welcome to Acona Beyond the Articles, the podcast of Acona Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's start the episode. Hi, I am Editor-in-Chief Adriana James Rodil, and on this episode of Acona Beyond the Articles, Members of the ACONA staff and I will be discussing the controversies and what has been revealed since the interview between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and Oprah. So let's begin with some introductions. So, hi everyone, I'm Managing Editor Mara Saez. I'm Multimedia Editor Clay Mintz. I'm Sophomore Staff Writer Isabel Becker. I'm Sophomore Staff Writer Raquel Elson. I'm Sophomore Staff Writer Gigi Alfonso. And I'm Senior Staff Writer Olivia Martinez. Okay, now that we have the introductions out of the way, let's dive into the topic. So I'm going to begin with just some background information for those listening that aren't quite aware of how the interview came about and what was discussed. So the interview aired on CBS on Sunday, March 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. What followed was a juicy, for lack of a better word, but also disheartening two-hour primetime special. Oprah commenced the interview by stating that, quote, there's no subject that's off limits. In addition to making it clear to the audience that Meghan and Harry were not paid for the interview. This interview comes after Harry and Meghan's decision to step down as senior royals, which they announced on January 8, 2020. But as the interview revealed, the couple did not want it to end that way. However, perpetuation of untrue racist stories published by British tabloids, in addition to a lack of support from palace officials and their own family members, they felt the decision was a necessary step in order to protect their family and truly be happy. So we are now going to discuss some of the important revelations from the interview, as well as give our own thoughts regarding the British monarchy and Harry and Meghan. And this is very ironic considering none of us are British. Yet, we still have a connection to Meghan in a way since she is American. Okay, now let's start getting to the interesting stuff. So, Maybe we could begin by discussing why do you think Oprah even had to state that this interview was not being like Meghan and Harry were not giving, being given compensation for sitting down and talking with Oprah. I think it was a really important thing to start out with just because it establishes their ethos and sort of um, their motive for going there, that it wasn't financial. Um, it truly was just because they felt a need to share their side of the story. And I just, I think it gave more credibility to what they were saying. I think there's also a negative connotation associated with Megan being an actress and being paid to kind of put on this persona, which I definitely think, especially the British tabloids, could kind of attribute to what was kind of said in that interview, where they could be like, you are an actress, that you are being paid to be on television, so they could kind of, kind of draw some similarities, but I think it's also, like I was saying, very important that Oprah kind of establishes that this is, like, no one's being paid. This is just an honest talk to just kind of let everyone know that they're just them being real. Yeah. Um, so, I think, going back to the actress thing, she's an actress, and she could still very well be lying about whatever it is that she said. But, like, the important thing to understand is that, like, not being, people don't have to be paid to say the things they want to say. Yeah, and I think it like comes about too that like Amar and Chloe and like Judy was saying that 
it's important to establish that, especially since there's been a history in the British media and even in US tabloids of like them publishing stories of like Meghan trying to exploit the wealth of the British monarchy. And that's the only reason why she married who she married. Um, and that's just something that like, like, what does that say? Why are they attacking her? So I don't know with the history of Kate Middleton, if she was attacked so much, that was also brought up in the interview. Um, so something else I wanted to discuss was like, Prince Harry revealed that the queen doesn't always get to make her own decisions, which comes as a real sh kind of shock, not really. I mean, she is the queen, so I'd assume she'd get some say in like a lot of the major decisions, but maybe a lot of palace officials are kind of like, expo like exploiting her old age, or maybe she never had like a voice to begin with. I think it's very interesting because I feel like we can often forget that governments and monarchies are such a complicated system and there's so many people working in it because the queen isn't just like this overall person who can make every decision she wants because there are people under her and she has to go through different like they have like the cabinet and stuff and everything they have to go through that just like they have to do here in the U.S. So I feel like we can often forget that yes they are royalty but they have their limitations also. Mm -hmm. I think it's also, um, I'm sorry, I'll say it really quickly, but I mean, at least for me, it's not that surprising because I've always kind of thought of the monarchy as more of this figurehead, if you will, because I mean, like in America, we have like a president and like a democracy, like we're more government based and they have like the fifth parliament. And then I was also like watching The Crown, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, well aware, like Winston Churchill, like Margaret Thatcher. So, like, I know, like, I, so that, that was a really surprising to me. So, I get, like, where she might not have a lot of power to make some decisions. Yeah, it's well to be more so. Yeah, I agree with Chloe. I think she's very much like a persona, and part of maintaining that persona is like very careful planning, like, what she presents to the world. And so, I think it does kind of take a team of people to be like cultivating that image in a way. So that she doesn't like break out of the character. Yeah, like, I completely agree. Like to me, it wasn't that surprising, in the sense that like, like Isabel was saying that she has like this sort of brand that she has to project, and so the idea that she's not making all of her decisions, while it doesn't necessarily make that much sense, it wasn't entirely surprising. Because I feel like I always hear that like, oh, the queen doesn't have that much of a say over certain things. I feel like it was just. I don't know, I think I thought it was like common knowledge. So the idea that it was like shocking and kind of like that was shocking to me. Yeah, I think for me it was I had this idea in my head, it's like I mean maybe it's like because of pop culture watching movies, I'm like, oh okay, like the queen, she gets to say yes, no, yes, no, and Prince William, Prince Harry, they also have like a bigger role, but Harry and Meghan in the interview made it seem like they constantly refer to it as the firm, like, and they made it seem like they were, yeah, they were such insignificant figures in all the decisions, and like they really had no voice. And to me, they like, like, made it seem as if it was really suffocating, like being in that type of environment and not, like, nobody hearing what you have to say, and everything is like detailed and controlled for you. When I thought that it was okay, yes, there are people who organize a lot of the details of events and things like that, but I would think that those senior royals would have more of a say in what's actually going on. 
Um, so also an important revelation was that, so Megan, she revealed that she quotes, she stated that I didn't want to be alive anymore and had suicidal thoughts as a result of the constant backlash she received from the British media, a lack of support from her own family members, um, an exception being Prince Harry, um, and just having her whole private life just like out in the media, which she went from a life like, yeah, she was an actress, but she wasn't really well known. When I was like watching the interview, because I watched The Crown too, and it was like the most incredible thing. And I also watched um, the documentary about Princess Diana on Netflix, mm -hmm. and how she also had like attempted suicide and was having these same thoughts from all the negativity she was having inside the royal family. And when Harry said he didn't want history to repeat itself, it's when like it clicked that this is happening again. But he was smart enough to get his family out of that. But the rest of his family is still so unsupportive of her after everything. And I feel like it's just, it's crazy because now social media really brings to light more mental health issues. And we still see these people, people from monarchy, people in our government as these role models. And knowing that they have their flaws and that when they were trying to get help, they weren't given the help is astonishing. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about the same thing, but like there's a lot of parallels between Megan and Diana in the sense of their mental health struggles. And I was looking at it from the perspective of like change over time. I was kind of shocked to think that like you would have thought that they would have learned something from Princess Diana and like um, her experiences within the institution and that maybe like by the time Megan came around, like things would have been different. But she was told like the same thing that Diana was told. And it's just kind of for me, cemented the fact that like monarchy really doesn't change and it's such an old, archaic institution. I think like going off of what Amara said, um, I forget the sister's name, Queen Elizabeth's, Queen Elizabeth's sister. Was Margaret? Margaret? Yes, yes. okay, Margaret, okay. <laughs> she was in like another similar situation to um, now Prince Charles and Camilla and just how like, she wanted to marry like a few different people, but the monarchy was like, no, you cannot marry this person solely because like, they're not like, royal or they're not like very well off. And I think that we've seen that like so many different times, especially like with putting like Lady Di in like, this horrible situation with like, Prince Charles, where there was kind of love, at least one-sided from Diana, but then he was, as she said in her own interview, that there were three people in this marriage um, but he always like, loved Camila, but he wasn't allowed to marry her. And then, so with, like Mara was saying, like, monarchy really doesn't change. And this is across like, generations of people. And that they've seen like, the effects that it has had on these people, and they're still not acknowledging that and making a change. It shows that like the monarchy or the firm is willing to put like people's lives, like mental health, in jeopardy for the sole sake of keeping an image. That is like slowly like deteriorating and I feel like this interview really shown that and like things like the crown, even though the crown is fictional, it's rooted in some truth. Like I think it's a I <laughs> sounds so stupid, but I like to think of it as like a fan fiction because I mean obviously it's like not fiction, but um or like it, it's based on like true events. For Princess Diana, she just like going back to what Olivia said about like her mental health struggles. She actually threw herself down the stairs one time while she was pregnant, um, which just shows that like, and she also suffered from bulimia and other like mental health issues. And 
just the fact that it's repeating with Megan is not, it's just really troubling for me. Something I found really interesting about the interview is that Megan said when she couldn't get help inside the firm, the person she went to was Princess Diana's best friend because she knew what Princess Diana had experienced and that Megan was experiencing the same thing, so she could actually find a way to help her. Um, and something else I find really interesting is we talk a lot about how the firm and the monarchy hasn't changed, but also the media hasn't changed either. They were all on Princess Margaret's side, that one hated Lady Diana, they weren't on Lady Diana's side much. They were like sort of flip-flopping, and then when they came to Megan, they were just completely gone, and Megan was a criminal in their eyes. I was going to say that, like, after Diana died, like, she was kind of glorified, and so I feel like that kind of posthumous glorification is really telling about how, like, society doesn't pay attention to people with mental illness, but, like, then when they die, die like, they're like, oh my gosh, that was so sad, why didn't we catch it sooner? Yeah, it's kind of like... We have to wait until someone dies to actually see their true worth. Like, what does that say? And also, I want to highlight how the British media really, like, distorted Meghan's image in terms of, for example, there was a story that was released in the British tabloids that basically said Meghan made Kate Middleton, her sister-in-law, cry at one of her dress fittings for the flower girls. Um, and Megan revealed in the interview that it was actually the reverse, and that it was actually Kate herself that made Megan cry. Um, and it just, like, and the fact that the firm or, like, the royal family or nobody kind of, like, contradicted that story, that says a lot, too, about a lack of support, and just says that they're even afraid of the British media turning on them. I think it's also really interesting. I was talking to my mom about this because... Like, obviously, I get really be offended by certain press, like, I'm totally um, in agreement that that can be harmful. But what I don't understand is just, like, I was thinking about it, is, like, tabloids in America get a very bad rap. I mean, like, even People Magazine and Cosmopolitan, like, they're all kind of known as lower-quality magazines yeah, and quality news. And to think that these tabloids that I would kind of hold on the same scale as People magazine like have like so much work. Like that is what you're putting like your knowledge and credibility about. Like that is baffling to me. I would never in a million years like look at a tabloid and be like, oh my gosh, that's that's my brain. That's gonna get me to college. Like I would never ever ever think that. Like for example, Chadwick Boseman. He's a really good example of how, okay, so we all know now that he's died and he was suffering from cancer and like battling it for many years. And US tabloids like made an effort to try and like make fun of him being too skinny, saying like, why has he lost a lot of weight? And I think they received a lot of backlash for that. Shows like the difference in how Americans and maybe British people like view tabloids and their work. Um, something that I find really interesting is that here in the United States, our tabloids are like usually biased to one side. And over there, since they don't have like two like separate parties that are really focused on, so they usually focus on the monarchy. It's always focusing on the monarchy. Um, and they they always try to find something to pick at, and the British monarchy is just trying to stay in their good favors. When in the end, they're really just messing things up, and I think the British monarchy is honestly terrified, knowing that monarchies are going out of style, 
and seeing that they haven't changed much in the years, they know that they're doing something wrong, but they're not actually going to change it. They're just going to keep their cells in the good eyes of the tabloids. I think they've also kind of made Megan their scapegoat. Like, we have all these issues, but look at the American. Look at American ways. They have only a presidency. Look how that's like not working. So I think that that's why they've kind of made like America. I, I don't want to say that she's like black representative like North American, like Western kind of culture, but I definitely think that for this tabloid, I think that's what they're trying to do to kind of get out of the way. Oh, so you brought up a good point, and I think that also raises the question that, like, why would they make Megan their target? Like, they could have done the same thing to, um, to Kate, 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 Kate sorry. Um, but, like, it raises the kind of disturbing question of how much of this is race-based? I think the answer is a lot of it. And when you yeah. look at, like, the different tabloid headings, um, comparing Kate Middleton when they when he when she first started dating, um, versus when like Megan first started dating like a royal family member, the titles are just, like the headlines are just so different. Like they're always attacking her for her race or whatever. And then that comment about the baby and like this flaunting the baby bump. Yeah, like flaunting like the baby bump or whatever. Like oh she can't stop touching her baby bump. Like what does that say about her? Versus Kate Middleton, like when she was touching her baby bump. She was thought as like a, or perceived as being like a very thoughtful, like loving mother. I don't know. Like when you look at things like that, and it's the difference is so stark, you are left with no other conclusion besides it was race motivated. I completely agree. And then even with that story of um, like who made which one of them cry, like the spectacle story was like Megan made Kate cry. Like I can't remember any specific headlines, but I can only imagine they like saw like an angry black woman stereotype and like yes. ran with it. Because, like, and honestly, that makes her, that, like, the fact that the tabloids have it out for her, that makes her such, like, it makes it so much easier for the royal family to use her as a scapegoat. Because it's like, why would we bother, like, if they tried to, like, clear the air in, like, that situation or something, then they're just going to, like, pick apart more of the royal family. And so if they just let them keep, like, honestly, harassing like, Marvel, then it's like, we don't even have to worry about them. Yeah, I was going to talk about that established situation, but I think Megan just has a lot of things that can like, make her the other. She's American, she's a foreigner, she's the only like non-white person within the royal family. She's also like the only person from actual humble beginnings. Like Kate Middleton comes from a very like wealthy English family. And so there's also like an element of classism and like Megan wasn't like raised in this society and doesn't have the same like manners or like whatever. Um, that comes from being like wealthy and um, there's also another thing that like a lot of people have noticed with the pattern of the royal family is that people that like who marry the family and like that the family's married to have somewhat of a blood relationship to them. And Megan's one of like the only ones who doesn't have a blood relation to the family. So she's physically an outsider because she literally doesn't have any connection to that royal family when like the queen, her husband, are like second or third cousins. And so now we're talking about the topic of race. I just want to bring up quickly as kind of like our concluding little discussion is that Megan and Harry alluded to the idea that the reason Archie, their son, didn't receive the title of prince while they were senior royals because of his race. 
She said, and I quote, there were conversations with Harry about how dark your baby is going to be and what that would mean or look like. And that's just unbelievable to think about. Does anybody have any thoughts about that? There was, I know a lot of conversation online about like who said it maybe. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any theories about that, but like the fact that it was said at all and like, um, Buckingham Palace like released a statement about like the allegations of racism mm -hmm. or whatever and they were just kind of like we're gonna look into it like how do you react so like nonchalantly to that as like a as a statement you know I don't know the fact that they just didn't really address it and we were all just kind of like left with our own questions and wondering of, like who said this and why mm -hmm. it just was so like off-putting I think like that's also really interesting um I was thinking about this earlier, but then just like also this idea. So over the summer, we obviously experienced a lot of police brutality, um, different protests for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I've always kind of thought about this, but whenever I think of racism at least, um, I only associate it with America. I mean, like, I, I just feel like that is where tensions are perhaps the most difficult. I mean, at least in my opinion, from like my perspective and how I see it. So I definitely have never really thought about other issues surrounding race in Britain. But I mean, obviously, that's just as big of an issue in theirs. I mean, that it should be treated with like, the same kind of um, seriousness. And as we were saying, like the monarchy didn't really do that. And I think that that's really poor of them to do because, I mean, I know that like, like, people and like, we're talking about people getting canceled like right and left. And like for the monarchy to just be like, we're gonna look into it. Like that's not really, that's not good enough. That's really not good enough. Aww. The person who concerns me most in this situation is Archie when he's older, when these things start to surface again, when he's able to actually understand what's going on, knowing that his family was scared how dark he's gonna be, and knowing that his family didn't support his mother. He's already gonna have the stories of his grandmother and knowing what his father and his uncle went through. And then knowing that the same thing happened to his mother and that people were going to treat him differently too. At the end of the day, he's still a member of the royal family. The royal family should be protecting him because he's just a child. So I think we had some really good discussions. I'm really glad we got to sit down and talk about this topic. I think the moral of the story here is that the royal family isn't doing enough to address the issue of race within their own family and the institution of the firm. And in order for them to stay prevalent, they need to change. Like they can't stay stagnant in their history and avoid issues like these and pretend it's not happening when people of their own family are speaking out about them. So I don't know if they don't address it soon, maybe the downfall of the monarchy will soon follow. But thanks for tuning in to this episode of Akona Beyond the Articles and make sure to tune in to our next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this Akona podcast, and be sure to subscribe to our accounts on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts so that we can provide you with the best content possible. Stay updated with Akona Online.